Hello and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, and Oakland native. I'm also a huge history nerd. I love untold stories, gross facts, hidden secrets, anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. Each day, I'm going to share some of my favorite deep cuts with you. So let's dig into today's stories. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon I'm gonna teach you stuff No, it won't be tough Gonna go a year till you've had enough It's 365 Take a look at your hands Your fingerprints, to be more specific Of course, the fingerprint wasn't invented on October 28th in 1904 The fingerprint has existed forever. What happened on October 28th is that police departments began using fingerprints for the first time as a way to track alleged criminals. The St. Louis Police Department set up a fingerprint bureau. Before fingerprints, police used a system that's all but unheard of today, the Bertillon system. What's that, you ask? Well, police took measurements of suspects' bones as though they were fitting them with a very specifically tailored suit. They measured the suspect's standing height, sitting height, the distance between their fingertips, also known as wingspan, the size of the head, the exact size of their right ear, their left foot, each finger, and forearm. Authorities realized they'd need a new method in 1903 when two men named William West with identical measurements were found serving time at the same jail in Kansas. It suspected that the two men were twins and separated at birth. That crazy coincidence led to the need for a new method of identification. The two Williams West ended up helping find it. Though the two men had the exact same bone measurements, they had different fingerprints. Fingerprints have a storied past in human history. Long before 1904, 4,000 years ago, King Hammurabi used his fingerprint on a wax seal for his contracts. German doctors discovered in the 1700s that fingerprints are always unique to the individual, Sir William Herschel used them as a signature on letters to ensure that they weren't forged. Ornithologist and wood engraver Thomas Bewick carved finger marks as his signature in some of his engravings. The man who eventually thought of using fingerprints to solve crimes was called Henry Folds. He studied medicine in his native Scotland and eventually became a missionary and head surgeon of a hospital in Tokyo. While working in Japan, he started expanding his work into archaeology and going on digs. There he noticed fingerprints on the ancient pottery he discovered. He wrote to Charles Darwin, and they began discussing the possibilities of fingerprints. In 1880, Faltz published an article in Nature magazine suggesting how fingerprints could be used to catch criminals. Herschel wrote a letter in response telling of his own fingerprint methods for signing letters. In 1886, Faltz proposed the method to Scotland Yard. Scotland Yard is the name of the headquarters of the London police, which encompasses 32 boroughs. Falls and Herschel spent many years in heated debate over who discovered the uniqueness of the fingerprint. But let's get back to St. Louis. The World's Fair took place there in 1904, and a British detective named John Kenneth Ferrier, who had learned of the fingerprinting methods while working at Scotland, showcased the method as a contribution to the World's Fair. He was one of three booths showcasing possible methods of identification. After the fair, he ended up staying in the States to teach fingerprinting to police departments and budding forensic experts. His students then spread the methodology throughout law enforcement offices of America and overseas via the military. 
The St. Louis Police Department was inspired by Ferrier's booth at the fair and decided to officially start using it as their method of identification and began building a fingerprint database. In 1940, the FBI expanded the use of fingerprinting by using it as a method to identify victims in a plane crash. In 1915, fingerprint analysts established the first professional forensic group, the International Association for Identification. That group later created the first professional certification group for forensic scientists, the Certified Latent Print Examiner Program, in 1977. To this day, in the billions of comparisons, no two fingerprints have ever been alike. Our music fact is a cause for celebration. Today, in 1987, Frank Ocean was born! His mother loved to play jazz on the car stereo, introducing him to music as a young boy. In addition to the jazz, some of her favorite singers were Celine Dion and Anita Baker. I, for one, want a Frank Ocean cover of My Heart Will Go On. He moved to Los Angeles to start pursuing music professionally in 2006. He eventually joined the hip-hop collective Odd Future and self-released his own mixtape, Nostalgia Ultra, shortly after. From there, he began to get noticed by performers and critics, which led to collaborations with Jay-Z and Kanye West and performing with Odd Future pal Tyler the Creator at Coachella. His studio debut, Channel Orange, came out in 2012 and came out at number two on the Billboard charts and was certified gold by the Recording Industry Association of America. Around the same time that Channel Orange debuted, Ocean posted a letter on his Tumblr, sharing with his fans his inspiration for the album his first love affair with another man, and coming out as queer. Ocean's note was emotional, poignant, and open, just like his lyrics. It was an incredibly groundbreaking moment. The hip-hop community was notoriously homophobic, and Ocean took a huge risk making such a public and open overture. Both Nostalgia Ultra and Channel Orange were met with near-universal acclaim. Channel Orange won the 2013 Grammy Award for Best Urban Contemporary Album, and the Jay-Z slash Kanye West song No Church in the Wild, for which Ocean sang the vocals, won Best Rap or Sung Collaboration. Four years later, Ocean followed up with his self-produced album, Blonde, on his own label, Boys Don't Cry. It debuted at number one. It was described in reviews as a beguiling, meandering sprawl that rewards total immersion, a fully conceptualized, curated personal vision, a marvel of digital age psychedelic pop, and many other compliments. At the end of the year, it was placed by critics as the third most well-received album of 2016. So, happy birthday, Frank Ocean. Now for our final segment, I'm going back into my own photo archives to see what I was up to on an October 28th in my 20-year life. I can tell you right now it won't be nearly as exciting as anything Frank Ocean has gotten up to in his life, I'm sure. (laughs) Okay, this is kind of more of a personal fun fact about me mixed with the thing that I did. On October 28th, 2017, I was playing a game called Persona 5. If you have a PlayStation, I highly recommend you play it. It's one of my favorite games ever made. Um, It's a JRPG. And I I took a photo of one of the quotes from when I was playing, and it's from a character named Takemi, and she says, she's a doctor, and she's like talking about the main character that you're playing as, and she says, your data has been extremely helpful due to your generic body type and bland health history. And I just thought it was funny. Like the writing in this game is so good if you ever get the chance to play it, and it is kind of true. The main character is like, he's like, I don't even know. I mean, he's a default character is what he feels like. But that's all for today's episode. Thanks for going back in time with me and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Come back tomorrow for more stories from yesteryear. It's 365 with MXM2. New facts.
drinks every day so don't leave too soon i'm gonna teach you stuff no it won't be tough gonna go a year till you've had enough it's 